Hey friends, welcome back to The Catwalk. My name is Clark Cowden. I'm your host of this podcast, and I want to thank you for joining with me again for this week's message. Today we are continuing our series on the movies of Christmas, and we're talking about the movie White Christmas, which was released in 1954. It's a movie that focuses on some veterans who returned to America from World War II and how they try to adapt to uh, being reunited with American culture. Uh, A couple of the soldiers uh, discover that their old general has fallen on hard times and come up with a plan to help him out. At first glance, it doesn't seem to have a lot to do with the biblical Christmas story, but if you peel back the layers, you can see some definite similarities. So I invite you to sit back and relax and reflect on this message on White Christmas. One of the classic Christmas movies that seems to get shown every year is a movie called White Christmas. White Christmas was released in 1954 and starred Bing Crosby, Danny Kaye, Rosemary Clooney, and Vera Ellen. The opening scene is set on Christmas Eve, 1944. Bing Crosby and Danny Kaye are putting on a Christmas show for the troops in Europe during World War II. Bing sings the song, White Christmas. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas, just like the ones I used to know, where treetops glisten and children listen to hear sleigh bells in the snow. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas with every Christmas card I write. May your days be merry and bright, and may all your Christmases be white. The look on the faces of all the soldiers makes it clear that they don't want to be fighting a war far away from their families and loved ones on Christmas. They are dreaming of a better world that they are not experiencing yet. The opening of the movie is set within the question, how can you celebrate Christmas in the midst of a war? How can you enjoy Christmas when you are separated from your families and your loved ones? How can you celebrate when there are so many awful things going on in the world? How is that possible? The soldiers are dreaming of a Christmas they are not experiencing. We have this longing that we are still looking for a better world, And we hope God will allow us to experience it at some point in our lives. The troops' Christmas entertainment is interrupted by the arrival of General Waverly. He's walking with a limp and a cane and is being replaced by a new general. He doesn't want to leave his troops, and they don't want him to leave. While he has been tough on them, he is deeply loved and they don't want to see him go. As a sign of their devotion, respect, and admiration for him and his leadership to them, 
they sing him a goodbye song. Let's watch this scene from the movie. At first glance, watching this movie might not make you think of the story of Jesus' birth in the scriptures, but if we pull back the layers, we can see some of the same elements in each story. The movie is about three things, the problem, the personal encounter, and the perspective. First of all is the problem. The good news of the movie is when World War II comes to an end, all the soldiers get to return home. Bing Crosby and Danny Kaye become famous singers and entertainers and do very well for themselves. But their situation is set in contrast to that of General Waverly. General Waverly buys a ski lodge in Vermont and struggles to make the business go. He's not making much money and has not found success in his post-war career. He feels like he's over the hill, like he's past his prime, and that he has been put out to pasture. While nobody enjoys fighting in the war, being in the military had given him a sense of purpose and mission. He was good at it. It was a place where he could utilize his gifts and talents. He had leadership skills. He was able to contribute. And he had a big influence on the people who served under him. But now, all of his good days seem to be in the past. His history seems better than his present and his future. He gets down on himself, feels forgotten, and unappreciated. His counterparts in the Bible are a few old characters named Simeon and Anna. Luke 2, 22 to 26 says this. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord, Every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord. They did this to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord. A pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. And then in Luke 2, 36 to 38, it says, There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, with, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. The custom in Israel was that baby boys were taken to the temple on the eighth day after they were born. They were circumcised and dedicated to the Lord. Mary and Joseph brought their baby Jesus to the temple to comply with the law. 
This is where they encounter Simeon and Anna. This is the only time in the Bible we read about these two people. We know that Anna was 84 years old and Simeon was old as well. They did not hold important positions or have significant titles. They seemed to be hanging around the temple, just finishing out their lives on earth there. They're both in a situation of waiting. God had told Simeon he wouldn't die before seeing the Messiah. Anna spent all of her time fasting and praying. They were not going to accomplish any more big things in their lives. And yet the Bible wants us to know their names. They probably weren't on anybody's list of very important people, but God rewards them with the most important gift ever. They got to see Jesus at the very beginning of his life on earth. It was almost as if God was saying to them, I have not forgotten you. I have not put you out to pasture. You are not unimportant. You still have value. Their names get recorded in the Bible, and 2,000 years later, we still remember them. It's a reminder that when we believe in Jesus, our names get recorded in the book of life, and God will never forget us. In the, problem, in the movie, the problem for General Waverly was that he was feeling forgotten ancient, and past his prime. But the story of Jesus' birth reminds us that God never forgets us. And sometimes God surprises us with the value we can bring to our world at any age of our lives. The second part of the story is about the personal encounter. In the movie, it's about the reuniting of Bing Crosby and Danny Kaye with General Waverly. They travel to his ski lodge in Vermont, which has fallen on hard times. He has sunk his life savings and his pension into the lodge, but now is moving towards bankruptcy. It doesn't look like they're going to have snow for Christmas, which will be bad for business and make his financial situation pretty precarious. So Bing and Danny come up with a plan to bring their whole show up there and open up on Christmas Eve to attract a lot of guests and business to the General's Lodge. The General is very glad to see them, but he tells them he is too old to even play horseshoes anymore. He says his days there are numbered, and he has decided to go back into the army. He has applied to re-enter active duty. He has sent a letter to one of his good friends who was still in the army. But a reply comes when his friend thought he was joking about becoming active again. He says one day he will be able to take it easy like old Tom. General Waverly is crushed and doesn't know what to do now. He has been told the army has no more use for him. There is no place for him there anymore. He's been put out to pasture. 
What he doesn't realize is that Bing and Danny are hatching a plan to help him out and save his ski lodge. He doesn't see that this new encounter with them is going to change his fortunes. Their reunion is going to change his future. But his present problems are blinding him to what God is preparing for him. In the Christmas story in Luke 2, it is the personal encounter of the baby Jesus that changes the lives of Simeon and Anna. Luke 2, 27 to 32 and 38 says that they were moved by the Spirit, and he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all the nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Verse 38 says, coming up to them at that very moment, she, Anna, gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Israel. This was the culmination of Simeon's life. He has been worshiping God and serving God for many, many years. All of his study and service had been directing him to this time when he would get to see the Son of God face to face. Anna was a woman of prayer and discipline. She had also dedicated her life to serving God and was now being blessed with a personal encounter with the very young Jesus. It shows us that you can live an 80 or a 90 or a 100 year long life and have one encounter that changes everything. Sometimes we have one opportunity or one moment where how we see life changes, where we realize what God wants from us and where we realize why we are here. The story of Christmas is to let us know that there is nothing more important than having a personal encounter with Jesus. He is the one who can change your life. He is the one who can give your life meaning and mission and purpose. And when you encounter him, it will alter your life. The third part of the story is about the perspective. In the movie White Christmas, Bing Crosby goes on TV and invites all the men who were served, who served in the 151st Division to come to General Waverly Ski Lodge in Vermont for Christmas to give a gift to their respected, beloved leader. The men come out of the woodwork. They show up in droves in a huge surprise for the general. When he enters the big ballroom at the lodge, the men give him a standing ovation. He can't believe it. Once again, they sing the song they sang at the beginning of the movie. We'll follow the old man wherever he wants to go. Because we love him, because we love him, we answer to his call. 
He's the grandest son of a soldier of them all. And they invite him to inspect his troops one last time. The general can't believe it. He is deeply moved. He is grateful. It changes his perspective on who he is and what other people really think about him. He hasn't really changed. He's still the same person, but his perspective is completely different. The Christmas story in Luke 2 is about a new perspective also. When you encounter Jesus and come to know him, it changes how you see yourself and how you see the world. When Mary and Joseph present Jesus to Simeon in the temple, Luke 2, 29 to 33 and 38 says, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Simeon's eyes were now open to where he could see God's salvation for the world. And he says that God has prepared this in the sight of all nations. That means that everyone can see it. Everybody in the world will be able to see God's salvation if they want to see it. What had been hidden in the past has now been revealed. The old perspective was that God was going to send a Messiah to save Israel. But Simeon now sees the new perspective that God's salvation is a light of revelation for the Gentiles too. Jesus is not just for the Jewish people. Jesus is for the whole earth. He is the hope of the world. He can bring a new perspective to every single person in the world who will believe in him. Verse 33 says that Mary and Joseph marveled at what he said about Jesus. Yes, they had heard from the angel Gabriel that Jesus was the Son of God, but they were still coming to understand what that would mean. Their perspective would continue to deepen as he would grow up. And in verse 38, Anna finally gets to see what she had been hoping and fasting and praying about for years. She sees the culmination of her dreams as she gains God's perspective and then spoke to everyone she could about Jesus. Encountering Jesus changes your perspective. The movie closes with the singing of Irving Berlin's song, I'm Dreaming of a White Christmas. It has become a classic song because it ties into this idea that we all have dreams of what we want our Christmases to be like, what we want our relationships to be like, what we want our world to be like. 
And the story of Jesus' birth is about God coming down into our world in the person of Jesus to live among us and give us the hope we are looking for. Both the movie and Luke 2 are set against the backdrop of the problem. What is the purpose of your life after your major life work is done? What do you still have to look forward to? The general, Simeon, and Anna were all in their later years, feeling like they may not have a lot of life left in them. They were trying to understand what God's purpose was for the final chapters of their lives on earth. Secondly, both the movie and Luke 2 are about personal encounters. In the movie, it's a reunion of long-lost friends that was needed to remember that we are not forgotten. We are not without value. We are not without impact. In Luke 2, the good news is that a personal encounter with Jesus will change your life, and that's what Christmas is all about. Third and finally, both the movie and Luke 2 are about a change in perspective. Sometimes we don't see ourselves the way God sees us. Sometimes we don't see the world the way it really is. And we need Jesus, the Bible and Christian friends, to reorient our vision. That's what Christmas is about. When that happened, Anna gave thanks to God. And Simeon said, Mine eyes have seen your salvation, a light of revelation for the whole world. This Christmas, may God give each of us the perspective he wants us to have as well. God bless. Stay safe. See you soon.